0: You're ready to be premature wow, all over again. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's that's quick, impressive, quick, quick right? Reset, quick reset.
1: Last night was Ramos Jizz a Jizz. <laughs> 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 yeah, for yeah.
2: Who knew the job was
1: pro bono? I was so high that um, I shit myself at some point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get still hear Somebody somebody everybody <laughs> mute, goddamn, you're killing. Me. Last
2: SEAL Team 6 with the SEAL Team 12.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with punching above your weight. The would get better. I don't know what's worse. (laughs) You're a ginger or you've been vaccinated.
2: You (laughs) sit around and drink and solve the world's problems, right?
0: Down, drop that heavy ruck. Fatigues and medals in a bag in the truck. Seeing ghosts of lost friends. Drinking toast that never end. Asking yourselves, would you do it again? Just hold on, reach out, and check on your buddies. There's no easy way out. in Afghanistan feel alone in a crowd family can't understand how you feel now just hold on reach out
3: check
1: on your buddy
0: there's no easy way out so much more to give
3: Life's been hard on you
0: We've been there in dark places You can get through
3: the pain Just start talking, it gets easier
0: Start talking The words will come to you But he been there Get your sick jokes Fine with the silence Whiskey or Coal?
3: Hold on, call your brothers, and oh, your brothers and sisters, hold on,
0: call your brothers and sisters, hold oh.
3: Sisters, call your brothers and sisters. Hold on. You? Are you brothers and sisters? Are you
0: brothers
3: and sisters? Hold Hold you? Are your brothers and sisters? Are you brothers and sisters?
0: What you've just heard was the song called Hold On, Reach Out, written, recorded, and performed by the band Over, Never Out. Today on our episode, we'll have a number of members of the band of Over, Never Out on. Uh, We'll be discussing how they came to write this song, what the process was like, and what they hope the future of this song will be. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is a new week. It is a new topic. We are fast approaching Memorial Day here at the end of May, and we have got a special show for you today. Uh, Before we jump in with with the individuals, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, unfortunately, this week we are down 50%. Los Cuatro Xanetes are not all in the house. Both Mac and Haas could not make it. And so it is just Grinch and I holding down the fort. Let's try to do our best. Uh, I think we'll be okay. I think so. And thankfully, we have managed to replace two with one voice. And you know him, you love him. He's been a previous guest on the show. He is a military and political advocate. He is a theological scholar. And along with all of those accolades, soon he will be adding, and I have this on good authority, Grammy-winning individual. <laughs> well, so, we, we already
2: know he's a, he's an award-winning rapper.
0: He Although does, I does, think does. the
2: award still hasn't made, made it to him for his But that's okay. Song
0: uh we are joined by none other than the incomparable jason Hauk. jason how are you doing
1: i'm doing great thanks for having me
0: Yeah, i'm glad you're here uh hopefully you've got some space cleared off on that shelf for your grammy when it comes home uh and you're prepared you and your band
1: yeah still waiting for that grammy invite on the rap song but uh yeah we're hoping maybe at least perform on the grammys with this one
0: the invite i'm sure is in the mail <laughs> It it wasn't lost. It's just in the mail. Transit slow. Uh, So here we are, gentlemen. Glad everybody could be here. Obviously, you know, Mac and Haas notwithstanding, but we do have Jason with us. Super excited and looking forward to what this topic is about. So as always, we will do what we do. And, And if I'm not mistaken, we potentially will be joined by somebody else. Uh, on this show. So they will jump in, but we're going to go ahead and get the train rolling, leave the station. And when they jump on board, we'll continue. But let's go ahead and jump into our drinks. Jason, as the guest, you know how we do this. So I'm going to start with you. What did you bring as a drink today?
1: Yeah. So I was running late to get here from the uh, slowest Zaxby's in North Carolina. Uh, So I had just on my way upstairs, grabbed a Johnny Walker red label to pour in a glass uh, with a little bit of water. So Cheers.
0: Yeah, but if I'm not well, mistaken, when you've been on the show previously, it is always an easy drink for you. You don't do a lot of <laughs> convoluted drinks. You're very simple in that way. So it makes sense.
2: Hey, so there and, we go. And science tells us adding water opens opens up opens the, up the uh, it up, you know, lets it breathe. But apparently yes. science also says no more than 20% of the volume of whatever, like you, can't, you shouldn't add more than 20% of the
0: volume of the spirit. Right. And technically you, you want to not do it. Yeah, you want to knock the alcohol down to about thirty-five percent alcohol, regardless of what it starts at, because then it there, you don't get that alcohol burn, you know, and and it smooths out the flavor. But that's neither here nor there. So let's jump into the next one, Grinch. What did you bring to the table today, brother? Speaking
2: of silky smooth, so um, there is a drink called the Survivor, but there is also a drink that contestants of the Survivor drink when they go to the resort when they've been voted out. Um, So I opted for that. It's like I want to drop the the in front of it and just say a survivor. Um, It is vanilla ice cream. uh, Like a quarter of a banana, some peanut butter and rum. Because as you might imagine, they don't want them drinking a lot and they want them taking in a lot of calories. Is that a drink or a meal?
0: (laughs) Well, they said it has like a thousand calories. Oh, good. Oh, good. So you're going to yeah. exercise after this?
2: Yeah, so they blend it up, and uh, yeah, it is quite good.
0: I had no idea that you were a re- reality TV guy, that Survivor was your show. I'm learning something new after 30 years. Well,
2: the, the I was going to make The Survivor, but it needed uh, creme de cacao, which I did not have. Oh. And I wasn't interested in going to hunt it down today. So,
0: so ice cream, it. banana, and peanut butter was the better option? Mm-hmm. There you go. What mm-hmm. rum did you use?
2: uh I hmm. remember, some, some. <laughs> like uh Doesn't Florida, Florida Kanye, like a you know a dark
0: rum, an easy one gotcha mm-hmm. uh all right well I'll finish up so the drink I did was a drink that has been done and it was done way back in season one episode nine it was our commission on wasting American America's time episode and it was actually when we were doing uh we were handing off drinks to other people on the show and this one Grinch you did via uh mac mac told you that you had to do this drink and it was the drink that you did on that show and it's called the suffering bastard Mm. (laughs) so way back in season one the ninth episode so that's what i'm doing and it is bourbon and for you grinch i use blanton's because you know that's how i roll uh and it was botanist gin fresh squeezed lime juice uh some bitters you shake that up in a glass or uh, in a shaker pour it over ice and then you top it with ginger beer. So that's what I'm doing. And it is called the suffering bastard. So to your Johnny Walker and water and your <laughs> ice cream, peanut butter and uh, <laughs> spiced rum. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Ooh. I hadn't tasted it yet. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. Oh, that's timing. That ladies and gentlemen <laughs> is timing right there because the, the fourth has jumped in. So we're going to wait a quick second, take a pause, take a beat, because we want to make sure he's comfortable.
2: Yeah.
3: here we hey, go. Hey, Rob. <laughs> hey, guys. How are you so doing? I'm so sorry about the uh, delay. No, no worries
1: no, no, no. at all. You, you rolled in right on time. Like, yeah, it was perfect. meant to be. That's everything easy, in this song.
0: Is easy bad. like Sunday morning. Well, again, both of you, thank you so much for joining us. If you don't mind, Rob, what are you drinking today?
3: Okay. Uh, today, I've got... Uh, Redbreast whiskey and i was actually introduced to this by jason right here in this <laughs> studio and uh, <laughs> that's one of the things that we kind of i guess broke the ice with and uh relaxed with as we had our first talks in the studio about uh this entire project what it's awesome. all about how we're gonna go about you know producing it so i am Very having cool. this meet and
0: uh super easy. Cheers, yeah. sir. Cheers to you. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Look, what what better way to bond than over alcohol? That's how Grinch and I did it in the ninth grade.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Lifelong friends because of it. You meant 12. I mean college. Right. Sure. Um, so all right. That's so good. let's go ahead and jump into it. So you know, I already introed Jason. Uh, we haven't talked about what you guys are doing. But we want to go ahead and get into that. So let's go ahead and start there. Thank you so much for both of you joining us today. Normally, there would be two others, but they are out of town and could not be here. So as I said in our intro, Grinch and I are holding down the fort. This kind of came across... In the eleventh hour, Grinch reached out last night. Not my assumption is Jason, you had reached out to Grinch there, and so you know we were super excited to have the opportunity to have you guys on, especially in an effort to promote what you're doing. And you know, I know Grinch is former military. Jason, obviously, Rob, you are. I come from a military family. My father and his family. My brother was in the Marine Corps. So what you guys are doing? Oh, oh my God! And my wife. My wife. I can't leave her out. She Mm -hmm, was in the Air Force um what you guys are doing is is obviously something impactful and so this is going to be very simple very easy and we really just want to kind of pick y'all's brains in terms of why you chose to do this what the antithesis of it was and then as you know what you hope to achieve and then through all of that kind of what y'all's process was while you were drinking red breast what did you and jason decide in terms of the process of what you're doing so that's really what we want to cover And, you know, we're here to just kind of facilitate as much as we can, promoting this for you all in, uh, prior to Memorial day, which we know is coming up and, you know, the floor will be yours here. We will have questions, but we really, you know, we're hoping to hear as much from you guys as possible about this and educating people as much as entertaining. So that's really what we want to do. So, um, any of our listeners already know Jason. They know his background. So I would like to start with you, Rob, in terms of what your background is. And obviously, you're sitting in a studio. We're looking at all the equipment behind you from editing and recording. So I'd like to know a little bit about you, what your background is, and how you arrived where you are today.
3: Well, thank you so much. Um, I guess going back to uh, my musical roots, uh, started when I was a kid, my mom... Um, my parents got me into drum lessons. So I went to Catholic schools all through grade school, high school. I was in band the entire time. Percussion was my um, my area where I, I just felt naturally. You can just uh, bang on things, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Get to that's let exactly out that aggression. It's right. it. it. It's primal, you know? Yeah. So I just naturally gravitated towards that. I played the the snare drum very loudly for many years there was no drum kit uh, but just kind of learning the uh, learning to read music learning the rudiments Um, I held on to that you know uh, all throughout high school and into the army I joined when I was 17 in uh, 1989 and uh, 26 years you know the army has a a way of you know kind of getting in the way of being in bands all the time so i was <laughs> in and out of bands throughout my uh career uh which by the way i was i started out as an infantryman um i went to second ranger battalion uh after a while uh some uh, a friend of mine talked me into going to special forces assessment and selection so i did that didn't even know really what it was um luckily i, I made it through and then kind of figured out after I made it through selection. Uh, so I, I was a Green Beret for, I guess, around 23 of those years uh, and then retired in 2015. So the bands that I was in um, throughout my career in the Army were, uh, I'm so thankful for them because they kept me in music. And it's it was, I guess, always kind of a lifelong dream to be a musician. Never really thought that that would happen until... You know, really late in my career, uh, I met up with some uh, other Green Berets who were also uh, retired or close to retiring, who also played music. We decided to get together and start kind of, uh, you know, jamming. And eventually it just kind of uh, ended up being almost uh, a therapeutic thing for us, you know, after uh, many, many years in the Army. And so we started writing some original things about our experiences, uh, not just in the military, but as, uh, you know, just life experiences, probably through the lens of military service. So we bonded over that. Uh, At this point, that band Bones Fork uh, has uh, written and released two full albums. uh, And that's really when, uh, I guess about a year ago, a year ago this week, we were playing at a an event that's very near and dear to our hearts and tony barnes um the co-writer with jason really the original co-writer with jason uh was opening up for us and you know that's how we met and i guess uh around the, the holidays the beginning of 2023 is when he he said hey uh I would really like to get back into writing music again, songwriting, and I have a friend who is a, a published author and turned lyricist, and that's kind of how things got going. And the rest is, as they say, is
0: history. <laughs> and here yeah. you are today. <clears throat> that's right. As somebody who uh, I, I can speak for Grinch appreciates music, I all you know, I had a grandfather, my mom's dad, who played jazz guitar for decades, bought me my first guitar at twelve. And then I kind of went out on my own and bought my own drum set at 18, which my parents were none too pleased about. And so I definitely can identify from the drums perspective. I love beating on them. I love releasing that aggression. There is something primal about it. So I can absolutely appreciate where you're coming from. And, you know, clearly, as you know, life can get in the way. You want to do music. You go in the military. Sometimes you have to put things on hold. And it's nice to know that you have gotten back to that after 20 years and never let that kind of disappear so it's a battle i fight regularly because my drums are sitting stacked in another room they're not even up so i can play them my guitars are in the closet and i'm like sure would be nice my wife's like why don't you and i'm like i don't know because i have other shit going on you know and there's always something more important Um, yeah
2: i I will say this real quick rob uh i work uh, at the brewery that's probably where we we cross paths because i i was i'm over at southern pines brewing company so i think that's really okay yes
3: yes a little, uh, okay. Like,
2: A little plug but, for the employer. You know, it occurred to me we haven't even said what the project
0: is. Well, great. I, I know because his intro, his intro would normally be at the beginning. It's what we do. <laughs> and I was not about to just run that over. I want to give him some airtime. So thank you. I agree. I agree. Uh, Thank you both. get on the same page here Grinch no, I'm, me, trying, I'm trying I'm our men, trying
2: our men's sees are lining up now <laughs> come on man
0: there we go <laughs> get it together um all right so there we go you know Jason if you've listened to the show for any amount of time season two season three our hundredth episode he has been on a number of times um and so now we have invited Rob is it Dufrain? is that how you Dufresne, say? frame exactly. like like uh um what's the Stephen King Shawshank Redemption
3: that's right. S- Andy it, S-
0: there you go um yep. no relation uh and so you know we've invited rob you know kind of behind the curtain so he can see how this works super easy super simple thank you both so let's go ahead and jump into why we're here and what we're talking about and and that would be because from my understanding and please correct me if i'm wrong you all are in a band and the name of that band is over never out correct and and, and my limited perspective that would be a military term right? Or yeah, that... absolutely. <laughs> okay. Because I don't want to misspeak. And you guys recently released a song called Hold On, Reach Out. Correct. And That's I right. don't, was that, Grinch, you said Thursday. That would have been the 18th of May. Yeah, is I think it kind of rolled
2: like Thursday, Friday, based on the platforms. Is as that,
0: is that okay. I recall. And it had been released, I assume, in wide release to any place where you can kind of get your music, stream your music, and and so forth. And I have listened to the song a number of times, I actually found an article about you all in the pilot, which I believe is a local newspaper where you guys are located. Unfortunately, because it's a pay to read, I was able to read it once. And then the link was like, <laughs> sorry, you need to pay. And I'm like, you bastards. <laughs> um, so Correct. We're, we're talking about your band. We're talking about this song specifically. And really what the purpose of you guys coming together and writing this song in this project, what you're trying to accomplish. And when you listen to the lyrics, they're, they're very direct. They're very pointed in terms of their approach. And so I'd like you guys just to kind of break down the purpose of this song, what you were trying to accomplish when you came together to write this and why you did it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll jump in there because the story begins. Actually, the story begins when Rob and Tony Barnes met because he doesn't know it, but Michelle and I were sitting at the table right in front of the stage at the Duskin and Stevens concert watching you invite Tony to stay on stage and sing a song with you. And he was so excited uh, as I had just been talking to Tony and his wife behind stage. And we had gone there to hear him play that day. And so, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, there's the bones fork card. So Tony and I met, you know, rewind a number of years back, probably 2017, not long after I retired, I retired in 2015 as well. And Tony and I met working on a military uh, nonprofit project trying to, uh, give uh, scholarships to the children of the fallen, wounded, uh, injured and ill. And we started talking. I found out he was a Nashville musician and he still played, but he'd gotten into real estate because he had a family now, uh, but he still loved music. Um, And I said, well, that's awesome. I love music. I grew up with it. I've never played an instrument, but I've loved to sing music. And I've been really good at karaoke throughout my life, or at least people laughed at me. And so we became friends and I actually bought my first guitar because I knew Tony. Uh, and, and I, you know, we always joked, but we'll write a song together. And I would send him horrible riffs that I played on my guitar and he would laugh. Uh, and then in, uh, 2022, you know, I was really just watching the spike, uh, the continuing climb of suicide in the veteran and active duty military population. Uh, and I said, you know, okay, if we're going to write a song, I think I've got an idea. You work on the guitar stuff. I'll work on the lyrics. And throughout 2022, almost the whole year we wrote Uh, Separately, Tony and I never got together. We tried like 15 times, never got together. But I had a literally my iPhone notes section was just full of lyrics. I had enough lyrics for probably five songs. Uh, And on the 31st of December, Tony and I found time on New Year's Eve day to sit in my living room in Foxfire, North Carolina, and for two hours uh, we banged out a song. He had the guitar licks, uh, and I had pages of lyrics. So we just sat down with a legal pad and wrote the song in my living room. In about two hours, my wife got to watch this process and Tony afterwards was like, man, I haven't written music in 10 years. That felt so good to write. Um, I said, well, what do we do with this? We just had a demo of the song on the last recording on our our iPhone. Uh, He said, well, let me bring it to, to Rob Dufresne and Pine Gap Audio Studios. They're local here in North Carolina. They're a brand new studio. Uh, I think they can help us take this to the next level. We've got a song here, but what do you do next? And so then uh, I said, yeah, it sounds good. You know, we put this together. We know what the mission needs to be. Uh, We really want to use this as a fundraising song. We're not doing this to make money. We wanted to write it because it's honest and passionate stuff. uh, And we want to use it for good. So I said, we can bring anybody into the team. They just have to understand we're going to give away over half the profits of this song to charities that are helping slow this and he's like got it absolutely let me go talk to rob and i didn't know rob so i didn't know he was military i didn't know his background i didn't know if he'd understand what was going on I think he's just bringing some music people um, turns out i'll let rob describe what pine gap audio studio is uh and who's a part of that because they totally got it immediately so rob tony brings you the demo
3: yeah yeah <laughs> it was uh it was amazing so he he hit me up and, um, you know, just kind of gave me a little bit, bit of a primer about what was going on. And then he um, he's like, hey, hold on, I'm going to send you the cell phone audio of uh, what we recorded. And uh, I mean, it had a pretty heavy impact right from the very beginning. First time I heard it, I shared that with, um, you know, my partners and in, in Pine Gap Audio which is, by the way, a, a disabled veteran-owned, um, you know, and operated uh, you know, music recording enterprise. Um, kind of a full spectrum uh thing. Um I will get it, I I'll say, I'll spare you the details about Pine Gap Audio for now, uh, just to kind of stay with this part of the story. Um, I shared that cell phone audio with my partners and you know, with our background and uh, that, you know, and we have three, uh, three Green Berets uh, who were in, involved with the company. Our principal engineer was a contractor for a defense contractor for many years. Um, you know, uh, one of our you know most talented musicians uh, and producers is, uh, you know, comes from a Navy family. And uh, it was just a a no brainer. It immediately, uh, you know, just resonated with us. The topic is something we care an an awful lot about. Um, The writing was exceptional. Like the storytelling uh, in this song is just right on point. And I agree with you that the lyrics are uh, very powerful and pointed and, um, you know, jason and tony put something together that was unambiguously for good like fighting against a problem a scourge that um that is afflicted not just the the military ranks but you know veterans um a a lot of people um we, we would love to you know extinguish that everywhere that we find it but uh Coming from this community and the fact that the numbers are so lopsided when you look at how many um, how many of us have been killed during the, for instance, during the global war on terror, 20 years versus how many uh, suicides there were during that same time span. And, uh, you know, it's I don't want to do the math here in my head on camera, but, you know, it's several orders of magnitude more uh, in suicides than killed in action during those 20 years. Um, And that's really just kind of getting at that particular um, time frame. So it's a pervasive problem um, that for many reasons, certainly, uh, we have just not been able to solve. The Department of Defense is not designed to do that. It's designed to fight the wars, win the wars. but so not deal I, with the fallout I when you come that, home. Yeah, that's right. So I get that part, um, you know. But uh, you know, the VA, um, state, and national, uh, federal governments. Like, there's been a lot of things, a lot of good effort that's been put into it. But for whatever reason, we're we're just not quite hitting the mark. So, um, just honored to be a part of something uh a creative way to kind of get at this problem uh from a different perspective and that's through music but music connects people and reaches people and i would say uh, you know also a primal level and uh it can start conversations that would naturally probably blossom um outside the context of music so uh not just the fundraising but the the discussion starters all that stuff um that's that's what music does, and I think that's why uh, what Jason has written has really
0: gotten traction very early. Well, I, I want to say something because of you made a statement and I don't know that it occurs anywhere else in any other walk of life, but you said, and with the three military gentlemen on the show, you were referencing you know, deaths of military people and you said, you know, us, you know, like we are dying. Well, you're not dead, he's not you know what I'm saying, but it is the mentality that you guys are always in us, even if it isn't you directly. And I don't know another walk of life. people will go, well, they're dying. It's always them, you know, but in the military, it seems to be that that dynamic is, yes, it's my my brother over there or sister, but it is us and we. Feel that impact, even though it's not you directly. You understand. You guys always carry the burden. And I told Grinch this yesterday. I, said, I, I, I mean, I've never walked in your shoes. I wasn't in the military. I come from a military family, and I learned early on that shit was not going to be for me. I knew that. Know your limitations. And I have nothing but respect for people that actually walk in those shoes. And it's interesting when you say something like that—that that it's in us, even if it's not you directly. It is always in us. And like I said, I don't know that that occurs in any other walk of life or in any other business, anything. It's just, it is a different mentality that y'all possess. And I think that's one of the things that makes an impact. The second thing I'd like to say is when you talk about music, people can go out and they can hold up picket signs and they can protest. But when that protest is over, it gets forgotten. But music, as you said, it lives on in a way that very few other mediums, maybe film, television, music lives on in a way with people and connects people in a way that has a long-term impact. So yes, you can go and you can hold up a sign about, you know, military suicides, but you know, once something gets dealt with and resolved, that's gone and it's no longer in people's minds. But when you hit that play button, it's always there and it never disappears. And so I think that's a beautiful impact that you guys have tried to make by really just leveraging your talent, your approach, you know, the lyrical side, the music side, and kind of bringing it all together in a way that, I don't know that it's been done before that I'm aware of. I'm sure it has. I'm just not aware of it. So kudos to all of the people involved. Uh, and if you, if you need more people in your band, I would just say uh, for anybody that knows the mighty, mighty Boston's, uh, Ben Carr, he doesn't play an instrument. He doesn't sing. He dances on stage. Grinch has no mu- <laughs> musical talents, but he will dance on a stage yes. while you guys play. I can scoff. I don't yeah, know if it yeah, fits yeah. The, the theme, but, uh, doesn't matter as long as you're dancing, brother. That's all that matters, but you can, you can that's be involved. exactly right. All right, Grinch, yeah. you're signed up. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, Thor, no, I I think that was well said. Uh, yeah. I don't want
0: to cut you off if you had more than that no, thought, a, uh, um, I've, no, it's fine. I mean, I've got other things I want to talk about, but I definitely want to make sure everybody gets a chance. Um, you know, it's funny
2: because after after hearing the song, I thought about uh, I think it's Billy Joel's "Goodnight Saigon." You know, and we said we'd all go down together because I, I haven't heard a song quite like that right in a long time. Uh, and then I thought about the book, uh, "The Things They Carried." Um, good book you know I think it's like 22 vignettes about you know uh, stories in Vietnam but anyway that aside um you know the whole idea of hold on reach out um it seems like and I don't I don't want to put you know Concepts behind your themes but it seems like part of that is because you got to find the right person to talk to because you know I used to you know when we'd be around my grandfather it was World War II That You know, he didn't tell stories unless they just sort of came to him or something, or he was around the right people. Whenever somebody was like, well, tell me about what it's like. Nobody wants to talk like that. And so it's really hard. You know, we talk about the 1% that has been in the military to find somebody who really understands what you might have been through. Maybe not exactly the same, but I didn't necessarily realize the extent of it until I retired. And I'd be in interviews and I'd hear some of the questions. And I was told people don't know the military, but I just did not realize how some people literally know nothing. You know, And so the idea of like being on a plane the pitch black, going to someplace you've never been before, sleeping on a cot in a room with a bunch of people, you know, and you're like, Oh, we got mortared, but you almost say it. Like, it's like, yeah, you know, it's not normal, right? Like, These experiences aren't normal and there's nothing relatable other than like somebody maybe who's been through a car crash or something that just came out of the blue. Um, But they don't really understand that living in stress every day. And then like having to turn those switches on and off. And then that baggage that came with that. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't want to put the concept if it isn't exactly right, but that was what I started thinking about with the whole hold on, reach out. Is it's find that voice Find that person you can connect with. And from there, start getting better. Start healing. Have those yeah. conversations.
3: Yes. Yeah, let me let me hit it from
1: the, the writer's point of view. Um, and I think your, your comment, Thor, about the us of it is important. Because as Rob and I were working on this, and Tony and Chelsea and all the others in the team, every single day, we, we, we worked on it from the 31st of December when Tony and I wrote it. Until May 18th, when it released. You know, we were just hustling to get it finished, mastered out there. Every single day, one of us would notice someone else committing suicide. And they might not be a friend that we knew, but they were somebody in uniform, whether you know it was a, a ranger who had lost his leg and it inspired a lot of other people when he got back into action. You know, those those suicides hit the whole community so hard because even though you don't know them you know, of these people and they are, they're your brothers and sisters. And so, you know, as I wrote this song, I was thinking a lot about that, Dave, you know, you can only talk with people you can talk with about it. So it is um, really three three big messages in the song. First is a, ne- a message to our nation. We are not, we don't understand this enough and we're not doing enough to to turn this around. This has been a problem in the military since I was a company commander in 2005. You know, we were struggling then with the suicide epidemic on the active duty side and the veterans side has just ramped up uh, a lot as so many folks of this 20-year war have have retired Um, and other generations as well. It's not even just the younger generation. So it's really, that's the first message. That's the first audience for the song. Hey, nation, state, local level, we're not doing enough. We need to do more. We need to understand it. You need to get your head around this. Uh, The second one is to, all of the veterans who can reach out. Uh, we who are, are not in a bad place today can call. We're very hyper hyper-vigilant. We, we think we still see IEDs on the side of every road. We can see when one of our buddies is in trouble and we need to take that instinct and reach out. So that's really the reach out part of the song is for all of us veterans who understand what everybody's going through, keep an eye on your buddies, call your brothers and sisters. Those are words in the song. And really the last one, um, and if it saves one life, then it's all been worth it because every life is priceless. We, it's a song to somebody who might be in a dark place, somebody in crisis, uh, to reach out, to hold on, to remember that people love you and people understand you and they're out there and you just have to you know, mix with your people and find your people. And a lot of the organizations that we put on our donate page are really honed in on that. You know, I, I'll throw up Patrol Base of Bate uh, as, as one of the uh, folks we're hoping people will donate to, and and we want to give money to. They, they take uh, Marines up to Montana to 250 acres in the wilderness uh, in groups of 12, and they spend a couple weeks together out in Montana and they talk. And whether they're there to go fishing or go shooting or go wrestling, they do it by genre of things you enjoy. There's a book club that goes up there, there's a jujitsu club. There's a hiking club. There's a bike riding club, and it's just getting your people together and talking and sorting things out. So when you leave, you've 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 been reinvigorated uh, and you've been reconnected to your people, to your tribe. And I think, you know, if any of those parts of the song hit, hit the right audience, and I've already seen, it, know, I think Rob has already seen, it, I've got messages from people already that it's hit those audiences, um, and and I think that's a good thing. And if we can keep pushing it out there and keep enlarging that. Um, I think we can make a difference with this.
0: 100%. And I wanted to say something about something that Rob mentioned in terms of the, the order of magnitude of of death in a 2021 research uh, and is posted on uso.org found that 30,177 active duty personnel and veterans who have served in the military since 9-11 have died by suicide compared to 7,057 service members killed in combat in the same 20 years. And that is monumentally different. And again, you go, the potential of dying in a wartime situation is the cost of doing business. It is something you guys sign up for, which is, you know, when when Grinch says, people that aren't in it don't understand. I don't understand what it's like to put my life on the line daily. But you accept that responsibility when you sign up, depending on whatever your uh, operational duties are. But to say, you know, almost 31,000 people have died by suicide in the military, active duty or veteran, you go, yeah, but they didn't sign up for that shit. They didn't right. sign up to to go through all of that and then come home or be in a situation where they felt like they had no out, they had no help, they had no voice. And so, you know, it 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 boggles the mind. And again, I, I'm married to a woman who is a, a veteran And she actually worked for the Bay Pines VA here in Tampa Bay for three years. And during her stint at the VA, uh, a retired Marine Colonel, Jim Turner, got dressed in his dress blues, grabbed all of his military records, drove down to Bay Pines, sat on his records on a bench and committed suicide on the VA campus. And that was uh, December 10th, 2018. And you go, that is a monumental statement to make. And and there was a note with it talking about, you know, the VA, it says in the note, I bet if you look at the 22 suicides a day, you will see that the VA has screwed up about 90%, uh, wrote Turner, who was a well-known and well-respected mili- in military circles. I did 20 plus years, had PTSD, and still had to pay over $1,000 a month in healthcare and found that he could not get the proper help through the VA as a veteran. And I know it's something that my wife has dealt with in terms of the VA kind of dropping the ball on, on things. And so again, for you guys doing this, you understand the impact, you understand the current limitations of, of the VA and the medical system and and combating this. And so you're trying to do what you can to make sure that there is a voice for people that need it. So, I mean, I can't say enough about, you know, what you guys are trying to accomplish. Well, thank you so much, um, I do wonder
3: sometimes, you know, those numbers, um, as jaw-dropping as they are, you know, it, it, depending on, uh, you know, there are other statistics um, out there that uh, I'm not sure if it's the the demographics or, you know, whatever the, you know, age range or uh, whatever that that particular study was looking at, but... Um, I think some of the other research, I mean, puts that number of suicides uh, up more than, you know, 100,000 more than just the 31,000 that you just cited there. Um, Again, because I'm not, I don't have this research in front of me right now, but yeah, around 7,000, you know, and I, I believe those are allied numbers not just u.s numbers um compared to you know in excess of 120,000 suicides during the same time frame um either way whether uh it's 120 plus or 31,000, it's too many and um i'm not sure why exactly that is the, to your point jason um i mean it's obvious we don't we don't know enough about this because otherwise certainly we would have solved this but uh that's just not the kind of problem that this is and uh you know the song is you know five minutes and change we couldn't possibly say everything that uh we wanted to say that jason came up with you know couldn't possibly capture uh you know all of his thoughts on the topic but there you know, this is why the song is needed because it it spurs conversation, discussion like this. This particular community of people, uh, the veterans, the military people, they're they're not alone. But I tell you what, one thing, um, they're not typically the kind of people that that are going to go out of their way to to bring attention to themselves. And in so doing, they're not particularly the kind of people who are going to bring attention to their problems. Um, you're not going to see a, a ton of people out there protesting. We're not particularly, you know, litigious when it comes to uh, problems that this community is suffering from. So maybe that's one of the things that kind of feeds into how this has become such a, an out of control scourge. Um Certainly there are a lot of different perspectives on this and a lot of different reasons, but that's, that's probably one of them. And also why Jason correctly um, makes one of the main repeating lines in this song, uh, reach out, not just hold on, hold on, we're really kind of talking to the people who are most at risk, you know, please hold on, we are also wanting them to reach out, but you know, that line in the chorus, hold on, reach out. Really, there are two, I, in my mind at least, two distinct audiences. To the people at risk, we're telling you to hold on. Literally to everyone else, we're telling you to reach out. Because by and large, a, a lot of times you'll find that people who are at risk and need the assistance, they are not the ones who are going to reach out. It's not going to happen. You know, it does for some of the ones who... Um, I don't want to frame this in the wrong way because i'll tell you this yeah it is courageous it is a another and probably a long line of acts of courage for these people when they do reach out but we've got to be real they are not reaching out in large percentages of the population that is at risk that's why it's incumbent upon all of us to reach out don't wait for anybody to to post something on social media that might indicate that he or she is in trouble you got to reach out to him before then because too often we're just too late and it's not out of malice but um like jason mentioned you know uh, hyper is is a problem if we could turn that paradigm on its head and say go ahead and be a little bit hyper vigilant but not about roadside bombs there's not somebody mm. hiding behind every corner waiting to kill you but there are people out there, many of whom you stood in the ranks with in the military and who who need help, and they're just not going to tell you. That's why you got to reach out.
0: Yeah, that's well said. It's a great point. Yeah, I, I watched my brother in the early 90s in the Marine Corps. You know, he would lose friends, and I'd be like, how do you do it? And he goes, the military teaches you to compartmentalize and move on like you still have a job to do. Yes, your buddy passed away. But at the end of the day, you still have a job. And I'm like, yeah, but when you get out in the real world, I mean, how does that, how's that applicable? Because you're now carrying the weight of that and you shouldn't have to. And, and and of course, you know, he's like, yes, but it's ingrained in us. And then I'm like, I I just can't imagine. I mean, I, I watch things happen and, and Grinch and I, you know, we have had a a friend from high school pass away as uh, someone that we knew. And, and we've had a friend from high school commit suicide, someone that we knew. And, you know, whether it was by suicide or by natural cause, we had one pass away from cancer and one took his own life. And I'm like, nothing prepares you for that. How do you compartmentalize that? But you guys are taught, you still have a job to do. You still have to function day in and day out to protect yourselves and the person next to you. And so you have to kind of put that in a box and then you come home, but the world doesn't prepare you for dealing with that. You know, it's, it's well, like you, right. I don't know how you guys do it.
2: Well, and you know, I mean, by the nature of the organization, you know, there are themes like selflessness, being part of something bigger than yourself. And those are very important themes. They sometimes don't translate well, to your point, Rob, into the skill set that makes them likely to reach out because it's a pride thing. It's a now I can get through this, you know. Uh, And and then you know the flip side back to the reach out part is is there's a bit of like to who or what, right? Like if they don't think they're seeing the right hand, you know, physically or otherwise, to reach out to then the default is you suffer in silence and then, you know, you get to that point. And, and I mean, regardless if it's just a military or broader uh, population, the fact remains, there is no one answer to what is the cause. Every story is unique yet it ends the same. And so you, I mean, to me, it's always come down to, and this is far easier said than done knowing the person. And I kind of think back to when I first came in, and you know, I think Jason and Rob, you'll both relate to this, of like pre-911, those team leaders, those, those squad leaders, they knew their guys. They were frequently in the rooms. They knew what they were all about. They knew what to look for. And then when we got into that spin cycle of this global war on terror, you tore units apart, rebuilt them on the fly. Sometimes you go from a deployment straight to a deployment. And when they tried to say, oh, okay, it's clearly deployment-related, there was no direct correlation right it didn't answer the question because they'd be like well some deployed some didn't it's like yeah but you're kind of yanking that connective tissue apart that sense of belonging because their buddies like they may have stayed but their buddies got sent somewhere else Yeah, and maybe they actually felt bad about not deploying you know i i mean i can remember uh in iraq we were receiving a unit they were coming through kuwait and the and a guy killed himself in the bathroom at kuwait before coming into iraq and you're going how does that happen you know like how do we lose somebody in a fucking bathroom yeah in kuwait when they were just on the front edge of the deployment and 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 they and it i just keep coming back to you there was no set one set answer for it yeah you unpacked that person's story and then you saw the signs in the rearview mirror But that doesn't mean you look to the right and go, I I instantly have the answer for this person over here. And so it's tough. It's an extremely difficult problem.
1: I was talking with uh, one of our uh, active duty three star generals this week uh, about this song. He loved it. Uh, He wants to try to figure out how to use it. Um, It makes sense. And we were talking about, you know, why did you do it, Jason? Why did you guys come up with this? I said, because I've been dealing we've been dealing this since 2005 when I was a company commander. We didn't figure it out, and he said, "Yeah." And you look at all the different services. He said, "I, I watch, Marine Corps, Army, Air Force, you know, Navy. They all deal with it differently." They're, We're not going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it too much. We're going to talk. He said, "But none of it's working. Mm-hmm. It's a scourge across the entire." And, and I like that word scourge. Like it really is just this thing we can't figure out how to defeat, uh, and it's just eating eating up our people. Um one a four star general said, "Jason, thanks for doing this. You know, it's important. This is a scourge." Um, and I think a lot of people just, it's almost this, it's this Voldemort. We, we're not sure how to kill it. What, what does kill it? We don't want to talk about it. We do want to talk about it. Um, I mean, there's a reason we don't use the word in our song. We didn't want it to be a song that glorifies taking your own life. We wanted it to be a song about, Hey, there's a complex issue. We all know we're not doing the right things and we've got to work on, you know, finding those right things. And it is tailored to each person. But we don't know what is driving each person. Um, I think there are three big factors that uh, this general had found when he was looking at it and in the Army. You know, it's either bad relationships, uh, something bad happening in your professional life, or just a lack of kind of a spiritual or or holistic or, you know, good, strong um, post that you can lean on. You know, there's just something missing that they can't fall back to. You know, there's just they feel kind of empty. Uh, and there's nothing to latch on to when they get to that dark moment so yeah this this is a tough one i mean there's we don't we're not really sure you know that's the reason for the first big call of the song like we need to know more about this and invest more in this there is a mental health problem in america uh and not all suicide i think is tied to mental health problems i think there's a a myriad of reasons for it but um if we don't do something this isn't going to fix itself you know i i always love to use that baltimore problem i think Harry Potter is a story, you know, the nails that you can't ignore something and think it's not going to get worse. If you ignore it, it will get worse. Guaranteed. It will get stronger and be harder to defeat.
2: Yeah, I I, I totally agree. And I, I was just thinking, too, um, it's very timely. I mean, it's been well known that James Hetfield has dealt with, you know, a series of bouts of depression. I mean, lost his father, I think, left him at 13. His mother died at 16. A lot of struggles in his life he'd gone into rehab but you know he put the song on their newest album called screaming suicide because to your point he was like stop holding it in you've got to let it out and that's how people know to help now again it's not that simple because like you said you talk about it too much you don't talk about it enough and i've never known what the right answer was because there have been times you're sitting in the training going Ooh, you know, and you see those AFN commercials when you're deployed, and frankly, they're freaking depressing. You know, they're not uplifting. They they kind of try, and I give them credit, but you're sitting there going, "I'm I'm like deployed in a room by myself, like going on little sleep, and this commercial comes on. I don't, I don't know. You know, and it doesn't help. Right. That there's like 37 numbers to call. Yeah, you know, it's almost like it's overwhelming to the point where you go uh, again back to the reaching out who or what (laughs) yeah
0: yeah and what's the right way and, and what's going to make an impact and we've done this uh episode uh season two episode 35 we did our bang your head mental health will drive you mad and it was a look at men's mental health and because it was it was all males at the time on the show and and so that's what we were discussing and grinch we said it then like the male psyche is you know rub some dirt on it, move on. Right. It, 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 we, we're not groomed as men to go, Oh, let me talk about my feelings, but it's absolutely imperative. And I imagine the military is no different. And then when you talked about the, the individual in Kuwait in the bathroom, my mind of course goes to Stanley Kubrick's 1987, uh, you know, full metal jacket and private pile taking his own life in the bathroom mm-hmm. at Paris Island. And I'm just like, um, yeah, some things can just be monumental and more to overcome than you can plan on.
2: Well, and it, something that doesn't help the problem, and I this is way above me in terms of being able to speak to it in detail, but you know, historically speaking, the trend was males commit suicide more often than females because of the methodology. It was handguns. It was very definitive and final, not like overdosing on pills. But the military is a reflection of the society it comes from. And I think that trend is starting to see more. I hate to use the term equality. It's not really what I mean, but a balance between who commits suicide. Again, it's not as simple as just males. It's going to be a gun. You know, it's, there's more to it as society gets
0: more complex. It stands to reason the methodologies get more complex. Of course, we talk about equality and it being a positive in all things, except this one. You're like, "We, we don't really want, we don't want any. But to say it's yeah. equal means now the women and the men, it's like everybody. Is, no, that's not what you're wanting at all. Uh, obviously, we've we've talked about the song. We've talked about kind of the, the, the fuel and the match that started it. I'd like to talk about the process for a moment. I mean, you guys come into a studio. Jason, obviously, you're bringing lyrics. Rob, uh, is it Tony? Whoever, you know, you're bringing the musical side of it together. When you guys got in a room sure. and you started kind of putting this down, Uh, you know, what was that like for you in terms of the process? Was it difficult? Did it just happen? Was it just a kind of a seamless, like, man, we came together, you know, over some some alcohol at the bar and we talked about it and we knew and we sat down and it was effortless. Was it a struggle? You know, what was that process like putting this song together?
1: Let let me jump in first from the new guy's point of view, because I have no background in the music industry other than karaoke. I'm pretty good. Um, and my signature song is came in like a wrecking ball by Miley Cyrus. I mean, I make the Korean ladies, dr- you know, drop the drink trays when they come in the room. Nice. We probably and all see saw us. that coming.
3: This is what we, this is what I do.
1: Um, but I knew nothing. You know, I walk into the studio and I'm just standing there going, Hey, there's instruments everywhere. You know, cool stuff. Oh, look, computers and, and soundboards. That was like the thing that uh, Dave Grohl, you know, took out of the that studio. That's pretty cool. I can't read music. I, I, you know, I've never been in a studio. So for me, it was, I'm just a new guy. going. So how's this work? Yeah. I wanted to be a good (laughs) song. I don't want to change the lyrics much. I think I got a good story here. And they're like, No, 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 we're, we're just gonna add to what you got. You know, you got a great demo. And, um, you know, Rob brought in immediately, uh, Chelsea Davis as our uh, producer. And she is, you know, a school trained you know, college educated musician, uh, who has toured with big bands, like 30 seconds to Mars, uh, has worked with, I think she toured with Berlin. If you remember your eighties music, uh, and she's worked with Selena Gomez. I mean, she's got a background in a wide variety of music and she can play every instrument. I mean, just randomly picks stuff up and starts playing. She can write notes out by hand. She's like, Oh, hey, you just play these notes. I'm just looking at it going, I don't know what any of those are. You know, that doesn't look like a note to me. Uh, So it was just amazing to walk in with these real professionals that literally understand, you know, Rob's in 19 bands, you know, and he's, he's like, yeah, man, yeah we'll we'll jump in here. We can, we can make this work. So it was just awesome. Like Tony and I had this core thing and we just sat down with two other pros uh, who love music and love the idea uh, and just started working on it and, and building this thing bit by bit. And we would, We hashed out the lyrics, I think, in the day. We we finished with all of it, wrote the bridge, had the bridge, um, you know, the acoustic part of the bridge and and Chelsea sang it And which all three of us looked at each other and was like, well, that's staying in. That's kind of perfect. (laughs) She's got the perfect voice for this. It works great with Tony's, you know. So now we've got, we had the whole song in our first session and then it was just, we start the refining, you know, what instruments do we need? And I'll turn it over to Rob because like this is where his expertise is. I was just happy we had a song. You know, I would have probably hit said, let's let's publish this on day one. We got we got two guitars and four voices and, and Rob's harmonica. We're rocking, man.
0: Rob was like, <laughs> slow your roll. <laughs> There's more time than that. Right. Right. It's like taking a
3: yodeling class, right? You don't show up on day one and start yodeling. We work That's up right. to that.
0: Yeah. i'm picturing jason walking into the studio and he sits down at a console and he's you know pushing buttons turning dials and rob's like stop <laughs> don't touch oh it's so funny because i can understand that kind of kid in a candy store right we we all know it but then you step into it and you're like oh shit uh okay and and it can be overwhelming i mean i've i have been in studios and i'm just like you know you're looking at a, a you know a massive you know 64 channel or whatever board and you're like oh i just want to slide stuff and turn <laughs> dials and i don't know what any of it does that's so, right yeah uh <laughs> i mean i feel the same way when i
3: you know see this gear uh especially <laughs> the first time um I'll, I'll say this like when when we heard the demo and uh i think everybody on our team the pine gap audio team heard the demo before our first meeting you know it We kind of viewed our when we heard the lyrics, heard the music uh, that accompanied it and everything. You know, there was so much that already worked uh, and the cause was something that we were all behind. I mean, our first reaction was, man, we you know, we have to maintain fidelity to the original, like what Jason wrote lyrics wise, Uh, the melody that, that that Tony found. And the I think the, you know, I was just talking to him the other day. Um, You know, he's like, man, I I think these are the first chords that I actually came up with uh, or thought of uh, when Jason and and he were sitting down. So anyway, just so many different little, um, you know, quips here and there and stories, anecdotes about how they got to where they were. And it it was good. So we recognize that right off the bat. I'll just echo what Jason said when, you know, bringing Chelsea on board as as our producer for this song uh, helped us out greatly. We recorded, I don't know, 80 percent of this in uh, Pine Gap Audio Studio A, which is here. This is my studio. And so, you know, I'll be candid with you. Um, I am a, I am an extreme novice, especially just a few short months ago, um, when it came to, you know, being a recording engineer and um thinking about things from the perspective of a music producer. So I would just say, you know, they they brought really great raw material to us. That combined with the expertise that I leaned on super heavily from Chelsea Davis. Um you know, I, I learned a lot through this process. So I'm not going to have a whole lot of like um, expert uh, <laughs> testimony to give you, I guess, about the making up because I was truly learning a lot throughout this process. Um, so,
2: well, and that's got to yeah. be
3: exciting, you know, from
2: uh, the purpose of the gathering aside, just growing, doing something different, getting excited about you know, a project, like you said, Jason, Tony was like, man, I haven't, I haven't done this in a while. I bet he was probably having a pretty good time getting back in the studio.
3: Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> he, Tony was, Tony was amped. I mean, it was palpable, you know, and yes. <laughs> uh you know, everybody was uh kind of a buzz with energy uh for a lot of different reasons. Certainly Tony was because, I mean, he had already expressed that to me before and I, uh, you know, finding out now kind of on the fly with Jason conversations that had uh, long preceded my conversations with Tony. He really wanted to get back into uh, writing and boy, did you guys ever do that? You know, I'll say this, the the thing that I did have in my background to rely on that kind of helped at least me uh, contribute to the team throughout this process is, uh, you know, Just how I spent my life, the majority of my adult life in the military made it so I was I was undaunted by just not knowing how to do something, you know. So I was fine with, uh, you know, being kind of the new guy when it came to production and, um, you know, editing and mixing and things like that. Um, Being in a band doesn't just automatically kind of uh, inculcate you with all these skills. Uh, so it's a learning process like anything else, but I was fine not knowing how to do something. I'm like, well, I'll just learn like everything else in life. You just figure it out and lean on people who have more experience than you do. And I I just I hope that we did that for you, Jason, and made it a good experience, uh, because I think the song maintains fidelity to the original, but uh, hopefully you're pleased with the you know how it all ended up. I mean, it's too late now. We're in a band. I'm pretty sure that's legally binding. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the coolest part
1: of watching it unfold. So you, know, we we kind of had the song that we wanted, and then it was all about recording. All right. So how do we make this thing? And 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 uh, Tony is not Tony's a bar singer. You know, he is a Nashville bar singer. That is what he does. But he can play one acoustic guitar and sound like Leonard Skinner. It's crazy. <laughs> like, he's a real master guitarist, and his voice is just built for singing. We kind of said, sounds like a soldier singing. That's what we want. You know, we're not going to go hire an opera singer to come do this song. We've got Tony, and he he will reach the right audience with his voice. You know, I love his voice. I've been hearing him singing in local bars and stuff. So we said, hey, Tony, lay down the guitar, and we'll all work around it. So Tony literally just played the whole song on a guitar, um, and and then sang along with it. And we used that, which, as Rob will tell you, is it, a crazy way to make music instead of using <laughs> a click track. To use some cool terminology I picked up, like where everybody knows how to get in the beat. You know, uh, we all just had Tony's guitar. That was the base of the song, and I, I mentioned it's a mini orchestra. That means the violinist is working off of Tony's acoustic guitar. The dobro player, the organ player, the cello player, the viola, you know, the <laughs> harmonica, the drums. Everybody's just working off his guitar solo, him playing his acoustic guitar. And what a cool way, you know, for Tony to be talk about making music again. He was the beat. He is laying down the track that everything builds upon, which made it a recording and editing nightmare, as I saw later for the in- engineers. Uh, but for us to make a song, it was really a fun way to do it uh and rob t- tell them about you know when when some of our extra the, uh, the the outside the core of the four of us who wrote this song as all the extra players start coming in which really make this band what was it like when the dobro player came in and, and played for you or what did you get from the organist uh when he gives us a bit for this
3: oh man yeah that was uh that was exciting uh, as you can imagine, with each new element that you add to something that is creative, like the excitement begins anew because now what you heard before, um, you, you're looking for similarity. You're looking for fidelity in what, what you heard, what, what you liked about what you heard, but you're also looking for more. So, uh, you know, Ron Huff uh, playing the B, Hammond B3 organ, a real one um with the uh the leslie spinning amplifier i mean it's just a, it's an iconic sound and we thought that that would sound good in the context of what we had already had with the song but we were not prepared so ron's a fantastic musician uh got in contact with him he recorded that particular piece in his own studio but he's like hey i'll uh i'll just send you electronically what i've what i've got just some ideas so he sends this over and chelsea and i are sitting right where i'm at right now and uh we're giving it a listen and we're just blown away we're like well, okay this is better than i had ever expected uh ron says yeah so this is just a like trial give it a listen tell me what you like what you don't like and then i'll do more of the stuff you like and i'll cut out the stuff you don't like well we loved everything and we were just kind of agog that uh, he had just delivered this. He's like, yeah, just let me know and I'll record the final one. Well, what he initially put uh, sent to us is actually in the song. Like, there was no final. There was no going back to Ron and saying, hey, can you clean this up, clean that up, or whatever. It was just a, a great capture of a, an inspired performance. And that inspiration came from, you know, I, I did tell him just a tiny little bit about what the song was about, but mostly he said he just listened through a couple of times and kind of got the vibe which is uh you know you're on the track on the right track when somebody uh just listens and they're like okay yeah i, I kind of get the gist of this let me let me do a little bit of this and then he sent that off that's the final track totally awesome ricky keen dobro player like this guy has been he's another um uh, sort of one-off like tony barnes and some other friends that i have in, in this music community you know he's already got um many years of being a recording artist in his past he just does something else these days but you know once a musician kind of always a musician you got that kind of baked into your dna and uh man what a professional so talented um so so is this rob is this
2: you reaching out is that kind of how we kept kind of tacking on
3: various layers yeah.
2: and components of the song okay yeah some of
3: it was uh yeah a lot of it was us kind of reaching out uh to associates and uh, musician friends that we have um and some of it was like tony tony is our connection with ricky keen because ricky uh every now and then will still play with tony he'll perform so um just a, a beautiful combination of those two guys acoustic guitar and uh steel guitar and uh yeah he's like hey Rich, reach out to him if you guys think dobro would sound good on this song ricky Keene's your guy sure <laughs> enough and it was he was dude. totally right and,
1: like, and, and didn't did, did ricky, ricky came <laughs> to the studio to play did he just play it like once or twice and that was it that was all that's all he needed
3: yeah yeah he, he went through uh a couple of times there was um he sat down we probably could have used his his very first uh track you know that he put down but you know he's a professional so he he had listened to the song a couple of times and then we got here we talked about it a little bit so i think that kind of refined his idea of what his part should be a little bit more of course uh, he didn't get that from me he's just he's listening and talking with me and he's coming up with that Uh, based on his own expertise and experience Um, because i don't even know how to play a stringed instrument so you know ricky was just kind of flying by the seat of his pants and his own um you know tasteful uh knowledge about what sounds good and uh yeah he wasn't here long it was really in and out and he's like okay well let me know if you need anything revised
0: didn't need anything revised so uh, what I'm hearing is it was an effortless pro- effortless process. Jason. I don't know what you told Jason previously, but it sounds like from the engineering side, super simple, super easy. You were probably done very quickly, but you told him, I was taking forever. You know, we're just dripping layer <laughs> yeah, after <that's> layer. <laughs> I had no idea. You're just like, done, 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 check. Okay. <laughs> they could have had well, this song I'll, I'll to you it. months ago, Jason, but, you know, they <laughs> right, wanted you to sweat. Right.
3: Well. Uh, I was really hoping this wouldn't uh, come to light right here on this interview, but that's so true. Okay. I mean,
0: we were, were, we're done are on, hard on hitting. Day. Right. <laughs> Let me do that's my right. Whoopi Goldberg. That's it. <laughs> no,
2: that's not right. I, Oprah. Oprah. Sorry, Oprah. Oprah. Oh, that's <laughs> <Right>. oh, Lord.
1: <laughs> you know. Now, I, I, so. I, I, go ahead, Ralph.
3: Two different kinds of engineering. I think you're right uh, when it comes to the recording engineer uh, job, which was the majority of what I was doing. That's the easy part, you know, good musicians like, uh, you know, Tony and Ricky and Ron Huff and Chelsea um, combined with excellent writing from Jason and also Jason played on this. We got to talk about that a little bit later, but that was that was kind of probably the easier uh, part, the mixing engineer uh, and, and, and the, you know, editing bay engineer that there's a ton of work that, that went into that. Uh, luckily, I've, I'm i not great at that stuff yet, but I learned throughout the entire process, but that fell on somebody else's plate, not necessarily
0: mine. So, so you're like the Bob Rock of over, never out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's who you right. are. I just keep everybody well, moving a, in the right direction. That's all I do.
3: That's high praise. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: so you know, uh, if I could real quick though, I yeah. just want to say uh, kind of Time back into the theme or reach out, you know, uh, you didn't say it this way, but this is what I heard, which is, you know, the thing about, and this is to anybody thinking about hiring a veteran, veterans are not intimidated by not knowing how to do something because they've done it a good chunk of their career. So, I mean, I know I struggle with that going through the application process of like, I bet within a week I'll have it down. Yeah. But they want the answer coming in the door. And what I would say to any employer out there is a lot of these folks have the values and the work ethic and the mental nimbleness, you know, uh, to figure things out. They just need it to be exposed to it. And so they iterate pretty dang quick. And so they're worth giving a chance, you know. And and so, I mean, I just think about that. All our careers, it's like, well I didn't know how yeah. to do to that job when I showed up, you know. Yeah. But guess what? Week one, I was kind of a hot mess. By week two, I was starting to get it. I mean, I think about the fact that during deployments, you had what? I mean, I know there's like a 10-day and a 15-day RIP model, but usually it was trimmed to like three. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, guess I'm running this phase of the war now. <laughs> you <know>? Right, right. <laughs> I got I got my email up and running. I must know, how, know what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I just wanted to say that because I instantly thought of the... I'd not, you know, I haven't done X, Y, and Z, but man, I learned a ton. It was fun, you know, approached it with some enthusiasm. So yeah, remarks complete.
0: Well, and again, Grinch, you know me. Thank you, you for making me. that point. Yeah. Yeah. Grinch, you know me, you know, my background as a visual artist, graphic designer by trade. I mean, I'm, I'm staring at Rob's background going, shit, I'd like to get in there, you know, because mm-hmm. that I, I do enjoy music and that has always been something like, that's one thing I bitch, you know, I, I you know, was playing drums years ago a long time ago and and it was one of the things my mom counseled me again she was you know i'm 18 and i'm i'm playing music and i wanted to that was what i want to do and my mom was like no you need a job making money you need to be able to support yourself you know that's a that's a fucking fantasy and now if you ask my mom she's like biggest mistake I ever made was not letting you pursue your passion and i'm like thanks mom now that i'm in my <laughs> late 40s um <laughs> is <laughs> I have to imagine that process was probably fun. I'm sure it was maybe frustrating at times, but obviously the end result, you are where you are, you are where you are. So my next question is now for for over never out, what is the next thing? Like you have this song. It is, it's been released. And I know you have some plans in terms of I I believe a benefit or some kind of charitable thing that you guys are doing. You're playing this live, but what is the ultimate goal and what's the long-term look for over never out in terms of what you guys have for the next phase?
1: Yeah, so this is definitely a multi-phase operation, as as Dave mentioned. I've never been afraid to jump into something I don't know how to do. I I love those jobs. Uh, So, you know, when I came in on this, uh, Tony and I told Chelsea and and Rob, hey, you know, we want to be executive producers on this because we want to own this all the way through and beyond. You know, I don't know if you do that, but they do it in the films. And, you know, this is our skin (laughs) of the game. We're going to take this and run with it. And they were like, yeah. Hey, we're going to help you make the song, but you know, go crazy, go nuts.
2: They're like, uh, why are you I holding she- five, five pairs of scissors while you're ready? I got this.
1: <laughs> Juggling knives, throwing a few hand grenades, yeah. <laughs> homemade pipe bomb might take a hand off. Um, so we do have a lot of stuff planned. So we're going to play a, a benefit uh, a concert this week, you know, before Memorial Day weekend, we'll, we'll be playing at the Duskin and Stevens uh, beef and beer, which, yeah, you know, Rob and his band at, I've been playing steadily, and Tony uh, started playing last year. Uh, so we're going to go on there with the Over and Ever Out uh, Super Band, which is everybody who's got an instrument that can sing, getting on stage <laughs> all at once. Rob's trying to get all these people rehearsing. Um, so we're doing that really to, to just let people know about the song and have that discussion. You know, We hope there's a good you know, couple thousand people that turn out for this and can be touched in some way by the song and learn about it and understand what we're doing. And Duskin and Stevens is one of the uh, nonprofits that we're going to give money to if this song makes money and that we're directing people to donate to. That's kind of if you look at our donate page on our website, it's just aimed at a lot of organizations that are already doing good works and asking people, hey, I don't care if you don't like music. Just give money to these people. You don't have to buy my record. You know, Give money where uh, to where it's working. So that's kind of one of our, our long term goals is just raise the awareness of all the organizations that are doing something good to make the military community more resilient and their families um, and, and do that. We're going to probably have a song contest because America loves contests that have to do with the uh, arts. So we're going to uh, actually launch a contest where uh, we can get bands from across the country to play this song in their genre. You know, we want a death metal. We want a rap. We want an opera. We want a country. We want you name it. You know, some ska. You Have fun with it. Um, and then we want to literally put those people on our youtube channel and let america vote on their favorite cover of this this uh song um and down the road we think we may actually put an album together of you know different versions of this and our concert versions of the song so that there you can you can have a variety of of uh, ways to listen to it it's not just one we'll leave them on the website so you can listen to the in the genre you like you know you might not like what we came up with which is a little bit uh country rock ballad gospel adult contemporary you may love death metal <laughs> so i want somebody in a death metal band to redo this uh and their sound and what what rob and i talked about you know rob who's a member of many bands <laughs> and i were talking about this idea it also helps um to get we're not a traveling band we're very much ad hoc you know we pulled all these people together you know three of our players were in dallas texas one of them lives in California, is on tour right now. We'll talk in a minute about that guy. Um, so we're not going to go on a worldwide tour and, and play this song for people. Uh, but we'd like a lot of bands around the country to be able to play it um, in their cover and in the original sounding version. So they can play a concert for veterans or their families in Tacoma or in New Jersey or you know out in, in Arizona. Because we're not going to travel and go play those. So we, we do have a few gigs that we're probably going to do. We might go out to Nashville in July. We've been invited to do something in the fall at Arlington Cemetery. Uh, but these are gonna be very far and in between, we we think. There might be a core of us, you know, three or four of us that could make it there and, and do a small rendition. But we're not really designed to be a touring band. We wanted to make this song as cool of a production as we could. I mean, we do have just so many instruments and so many talents in this. And we had to hire a composer and arranger in Texas to put together our strings uh, you know our little uh, what is it? What is it when you have three string players together? I don't even know the words for these
3: things. The ensemble it's
1: quartet. I know that.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. um, so we're we're a little bit bigger than than your average. So that's kind of some ways that we think we could get this out here. I've asked uh, my friends in Afghanistan and and uh, Afghan refugees to put this song into, into Dari and Pashto. There's been a big spike in suicides amongst the Afghan people since the terrorists have retaken control of their country. Uh, so, I, you know, we wanted to use this song, have at it uh, to, to for their benefit. And I, I said, I'll host it on my YouTube channel so that they can have access to it in their language. I, I just it's a gift. like It's going to outlive us, I hope. Uh, and and I maybe it could be a gift for many generations to listen to and spark those conversations that I've already been having with my buddies. And that's really great to see this hitting some of my friends who reached out to me and, and wanted to talk already, which is really cool.
0: There's nothing wrong with leaving that legacy, I and mean, if you got to have one, you know, helping in this way, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and again, want to be respectful of your time. I do appreciate both of you coming on, you know, sharing with us, you know, how it got started, where you're at, the process, all of that. Sharing a drink, Rob. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule as a as a massive record. Uh, recording engineer, uh, you know, Jason, all of the things that you have done and we've had you on, we've talked about them. And this is just one more box that you can check off. Uh, it's a shame that you guys aren't touring, you know, and, and maybe is, is there a potential for more songs down the road or was this a one in, you know, let's make an impact and done, or are you thinking about expanding your, your lyrical genius into more songs, Jason?
1: I know Tony would like to make an album, so we'll see where this goes. Uh, there you go. It may not be the uh, the same size band, but who knows? This could be our <laughs> sound. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I, I did want to throw throw out there just one other artist. If you've heard the song, you may recognize his voice, and I think it's worth discussing. Um, John Andrasik is part of this Over Never Out band as as a uh, additional vocalist. And uh, if you don't know his name, it's he he is goes by the stage name Five for Fighting. Um, and I connected with him working on the Afghanistan evacuation, and he has been a big supporter of Afghan war veterans, and uh, you know, is what has been happening to Afghan refugees. And um, I'd helped him with a few projects, and I just asked him if if he had time to to throw some some of his vocals on this, uh, and he did. And, and Rob, what did you think when you got those back?
3: I was stunned. <laughs> I, mean, I, you know, at this point. And put yourself in my shoes i i'm we're kind of i don't know at the two-thirds point in in this uh continuum and this is it's it's huge for us i i didn't really talk about this but you know hearing what they uh what jason wrote and the music that they put together around it and the cause i mean a, a lot of weight really is what i felt like responsibility to serve this purpose um well you know and not screw it up and uh we're cruising along like things are really coming together and it's sounding great what i'm hearing is sounding great among the the multiple versions of the song that uh we kind of uh tripped across during the development process and then john on jurassic sends us his vocals and i'm like (laughs) my god This is amazing as if it could have gotten any better. I, you know, I was, I was impressed. I mean, the guy's a professional, he was on tour. First of all, when uh, Jason was kind of hitting him up um, and saying, Hey, do you think you could get these lyrics to us by, you know, somewhere around this ballpark of uh, a date he's on tour, man. And uh, you know, He came back off tour. I want to say I don't know how many hours he was off tour based on what I understand his schedule was, but it wasn't many. Before he had gotten into the studio, listened to the song, gone through it a few times and sent us uh, you know, his, his vocals. It was awesome. And the guy is
2: yeah, he's super on tour chill. tour right now. I mean, he's got shows like almost back to back. Yeah. You know, maybe sometimes two days in between, but a lot of them are like one day here next day there next day there yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah, yeah it was short break <clears throat> for him a uh, short tour break but he got us those those vocals and they were just fantastic and well, uh, get on
0: him get on him for doing that absolutely yeah absolutely And again, just made your job easier. That's all I'm hearing. Your job was easy. That's right. I'm all about that. (laughs) I have to imagine, you know, you put a bunch of ex-military in a room. There's probably not a lot of fucking around going on. It's like, we have a job. Let's get it done. Let's take that hill. You know, it's like, you know, the mentality, but you guys, you know, have, have managed to put out this product, uh, my hope is that it is successful, that you guys accomplish all the things that you want to accomplish with it. Again, I appreciate both of you taking the time out of your busy schedules to be here and allowing us to just kind of get a glimpse behind the scenes of how you guys got here, what you did, what you're trying to accomplish, and hopefully how things will progress in the future with this song and and what you wanted to what you wanted to do. So, thank you so much to both of you. We really appreciate it. And Jason,
2: you mentioned the website. I don't know if we said he didn't the website. say it
0: right. He didn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, it's uh, reach out. Uh, um, hold I, on. Make me out recite a website. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I can this cut all of this for... crap out. Don't worry about it. I can edit it. So it's like it was perfect. <laughs>
1: I'm going to read it. <laughs> uh, is it. Is it hold out uh, reach out song I'm trying to
0: remember what hold it is. Hold on reach out song dot com. There, there you go. go. Boom. And Over Never Out, is, uh, that's your YouTube channel, right, as well? Over Never yeah. Out? Yes. Uh, so you can actually check it out there. Go to their website. You can, uh, you know, if you have any other questions, you can always drop us a line at the full horseman at a debate.com. You know, if there's any information, I will be more than welcome to pass anything on to Jason. And he can answer any questions, any concerns. If there's, If people would like to donate to the cause, you know, we can direct them to your page. Uh, and and make sure that they are donating obviously for all of you that cannot be where are you guys actually this is going to be where in Fayetteville
1: uh we're going to play in Pinehurst this Pinehurst. week
0: okay uh so if you obviously if you don't live in Pinehurst North Carolina you can't be there to see it live you know feel free to donate. Uh, you've heard the web address. You can go there. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out to us and we will direct you to it. But, you know, it's a it's a great cause. You know, they're trying to do a lot of good work, make an impact, make a long-term impact, not just kind of get in and get out. And and clearly this is not their effort to, oh, you know, we want to make a million dollars and move on down the road. This This is for something right. important and impactful. And so, you know, if you can be a part of it in person, great. If you can't, please donate. And and we've talked about this on multiple shows. If there is an issue, if you're dealing with mental health, yes, in the military is absolutely imperative, but just by and large, in any walk of life, if you're dealing with mental health issues, hold on and reach out. You know, There's always tomorrow. And and I talk about this, I tell my kids this, and I'm like, the world's a merry-go-round. And as bad as it gets when you're going around, the one thing you need to understand is you can step off the merry-go-round, take a deep breath, and then get back on. It is never, never ending. You know, you can always take a break, take a pause. And most importantly, reach out, say something, ask somebody, talk to somebody. You're never alone. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. So please make sure and do that. Uh, I wish, and I will edit it in. I don't care. I'll find it, the suicide hotline, suicide prevention hotline but uh you know thank you gentlemen really appreciate it and i hope that everything works out the way you guys want to with this song and it continues to make the impact that it needs to to address the issue at hand so thank you Views, information, or opinions expressed during the to Debate podcast series, or any affiliated podcast, are solely those of the hosts or guests involved and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the host or guests may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity, unless explicitly stated. While guests are invited to listen, listeners acknowledge that they are not being provided professional advice from the podcast or its guests. The content within the parameters of to Debate podcast series, or any affiliated podcast, are for entertainment and educational purposes only. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual.